Morning. Well, let me pray here together one more time before we read the scripture together. Father, we just look to you. We need you. Um, we need your help. We love you. We're thankful for your word. We're thankful for uh, being able to gather together with other believers. We just pray that this time would be pleasing to you, would be glorifying to you, and helpful to our souls. And we just need your help. Would you apply your word to our hearts and change our hearts? Help us to be more and more like you this week and today. So we ask this in the name of your son, Jesus. Amen. All right, if you want to open to Daniel, we're going to read prayer from Daniel in Daniel chapter 9. Kind of a good summary, an example. And while you're turning there, I'll kind of recap a little bit. We talked about prayer and actually here, I've got a slide here. We talked about prayer just by way of review. We talked about how, you know, the Bible, last week we read the verse, pray without ceasing, how we're supposed to pray without ceasing. And we talked about how we're going to talk about over the next couple weeks, four motives to prayer. And really, actually, it's really three, but one is being split into two. But humility, which we talked about last week, love, which is the one we're kind of splitting into because love towards God, there's love towards God. And then there's love towards man, which both are motives to pray, and faith. Humility, faith, and love. Although we're kind of splitting love into two, we'll call, today we're going to talk about love, loving your neighbor, praying for other people. And then in two weeks we're going to talk about loving God and talk about worship. Um, So, and worshiping, one way we do that is through prayer. Um, And really many of the songs we sing that are worship are, are really prayers put to song, but Anyways, all that is, by way of review, we're talking about prayer and how important it is. And we just looked at some of the uh, statistics here from American evangelicalism and and these surveys that were put out. And, you know, these aren't scripture, they aren't the be-all, end-all, but it's just kind of information to think about that in the vast majority of uh, evangelical American Christians feel just dissatisfied with where they're at in terms of their prayer life. And we just talked about how they ask not only how satisfied are you, how do you feel about your prayer life, which really what matters is not how people feel, but how God feels, but they feel that the biggest hindrance or impediment to their prayer life is uh, distraction. And so we just, we talked, we touched on that. We talked about the average amount of time, uh, Again, in terms of these surveys, spent on prayer is about 15 minutes a day, whereas for the average American, social media is about is over 10 times that, 153 minutes a day. And so just thinking about how the world pulls us away can pull us away from reality. And let's see, I think I'm just going to go back to the very first slide because we're going to come back in a minute. To the reality of what's going on, which we talked about humility. We need God. And when we really realize we need God, we want to pray because we need help each and every day, whether that's physically, spiritually, um, in every area of our life, we need God. And we look through the Lord's prayer on that. 
And so today, let's read through this prayer in Daniel. I feel like it's a good example of all the different things um, that we're talking about. Humility, love for others, that leads him to pray for others. Faith, this prayer was prayed because he is reading the Bible and seeing a promise of God and believing, God, you're really going to do this, and that leads him to pray. It's a prayer of faith. Um, and not only love to love to others, he's praying for other people, and that leads to confession, again, back to humility. But there's worship, and you can see that what he really wants is God to be honored. And he talks about how wonderful God is. So it's a little bit long, uh, a longer prayer, one of the, in terms of the Bible, one of the longer prayers in the Bible. But it's worth it um, to look through and see if you can see all these elements. Humility, faith, love to God, love to man, and um, you know some worship in there. As well as, one more thing before we read this, think about how a lot of this mirrors the Lord's Prayer. There's a lot in here that is like kind of a mirror image of the Lord's Prayer, different aspects of the Lord's Prayer that kind of come through with similarities. But let's read this here in Daniel chapter 9 as an example to us. Daniel 9.1 In the first year of Darius, the son of Asherus, which I'm sure I'm saying that wrong, by the descendant, uh, by descendant Amid, who was made king over the realm of the Chaldeans, in the first year of his reign, I, Daniel, perceived in the books the numbers of years that according to the word of the Lord to Jeremiah the prophet must pass before the end of the desolations of Jerusalem, namely 70 years. And then I turned my face to the Lord, seeking him by prayer and pleas for mercy with fasting and sackcloth and ashes, and I prayed. I prayed to the Lord my God and made confession, saying, here's his prayer, this is verse 4, O Lord, great and awesome God, who keeps covenant and steadfast love with those who love him and keep his commandments, we have sinned and done wrong and acted wickedly and rebelled and turning aside from your commandments and rules. We have not listened to your servants, the prophets, who spoke in your name, to our kings, to our princes and our fathers. And to all the people of the land, to you, O Lord, belongs righteousness, but to us open shame. As at this day, to the men of Judah, to the inhabitants of Jerusalem, and to all Israel, those who are near and those who are far away, and all the lands to which you have driven them, because of the treachery that they have committed against you. To us, O Lord, belongs open shame. Uh, to our princes, to our fathers, because we have sinned against you. To the Lord God belong mercy and forgiveness, for we have rebelled against him and have not obeyed the voice of the Lord our God by walking in his laws, which he set before us by his servants, the prophets. All Israel has transgressed your law and turned aside, refusing to obey your voice. And the curse and the oath that are written in the law of Moses, the servant of God, have been poured out upon us because we have sinned against him. He has confirmed his words, which he spoke against us and against your rulers who ruled us, by bringing upon us a great calamity. For under the whole heaven there has not been done anything like what has been done against Jerusalem. As it is written in the laws of Moses, all this calamity has come upon us, yet we have not entreated the favor of the Lord, turning from our iniquities and gaining insight by your truth. Therefore, the Lord has kept ready the calamity and has brought it upon us. For the Lord our God is righteous in all the works that he has done, and we have not obeyed his voice. And now, O Lord our God, who brought your people out of the land of Egypt with a mighty hand and have made a name for yourself, as, 
as at this day we have sinned and we have done wickedly. O Lord, according to all your righteous acts, let your anger and your wrath turn away from your city, Jerusalem, your holy hill, because our sins and for the iniquities of our fathers, Jerusalem and your people have become a byword among all who are around us. Now therefore, O our God, listen to the prayer of your servant and to his pleas for mercy. And for your own sake, O Lord, make your face to shine upon your sanctuary, which is desolate. O my God, incline your ear and hear. Open your eyes and see our desolations and the city that is called by your name. For we do not present our pleas before you because of our righteousness, but because of your great mercy. O Lord, hear. O Lord, forgive. O Lord, pay attention and act. Delay not for your own sake. O my God, because you and your city and your people are called by your name. And then the response while i was speaking and praying confessing my sin to the s- confessing my sin and the sin of my people israel and presenting my plea before the lord the lord god my god <clears throat> the lord my god for the holy hill of my god while i was speaking in prayer the man gabriel whom i had seen in the vision at first came to me in swift flight at the time of evening sacrifice, he made me understand, speaking me, speaking with me and saying, Daniel, I have come out to give you insight and understanding. At the beginning of your pleas for mercy, a word went out, and I have come to tell it to you, for you are greatly loved. Therefore, consider the word and understand the vision. So that is a good example of a lot of things that we, we talked about. And surely uh, he would probably put his prayer life right up here at the top there because he got an angelic visit confirming God answered his prayer there. <laughs> so uh, we were talking last week, Andy and I, well, how, when would you really feel like you could say, like, I feel 10 out of 10? Well, this is a good example <laughs> of what time you would feel 10 out of 10. Uh, you feel good about your prayer life. Um, but really what matters, like we said, is not really how we feel, but what God, what God thinks. Okay. So let's... Just talk about this here for a second, and then I'll move on to this first year. Today specifically, there's a lot in there, but today specifically, I want to talk about love for others being a motive to pray. Love for others being a motive to pray. The whole goal of what we're talking about is not, like we said last week, to make you feel like the motive for prayer is guilt. Okay, hey, don't you feel guilty about your prayer life? Get 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 working. Um, although, I guess you could say that last week was kind of related to that because if we're humble and we need forgiveness, where do we go? We go to God and we pray. But today we're talking about love. And what the purpose of today's message is just this. People all around you and all over the world are made in the image of God. We ought to love them. And one way we can love people and show our love and actually help people is praying for them. And we have many examples throughout the Bible. We see Daniel here, but we're going to look at lots of others. And we even see Jesus in this verse here in Mark 1. Rising very early in the morning, while it was still dark, he departed and went out to a desolate place, and there he prayed. And he taught us to pray. You know, give us this day our daily bread. Um, that was in the Lord's Prayer. One thing I want you to notice, uh, we don't have that prayer that Jesus prayed early in the morning going out to pray, but if Jesus, God in the flesh, felt like he 
needed to get up early and pray. How much more us? For all these reasons, you know, he he had no sin, and yet we have sin. We need to confess our sin. We need more help than he did, uh, in a sense, um, because we're sinners. And not only that, uh, we know from other places in the Scripture that Jesus prayed for us in in John 17. We could read through that, and um, but just for sake of time, we won't. But you know he prays for us, prays for those in the future who are going to believe. We see Daniel here. He's praying not just for himself. He's praying for the whole nation. He's confessing not only his own sins, but he's confessing the nation's sins. So one big motive to prayer is love for others. Love for others. And we're going to look at several different examples of that. And even here, think about the Lord's Prayer as we looked at last week. Think about all the we's there. Or the us's. Give us this day our daily bread. Forgive us our sins. That's prayer for you and me, but it's also prayer for others. Built in those little words, us, that we're not only praying, forgive me my sins, but forgive us our sins. And so that's uh, quite a difference, really. That throughout the entire Lord's Prayer, there's a sense of which you're not just praying for you, you're praying for other believers. And that can be overlooked. And so, we see here Daniel as an example of that. You know, that verse, forgive us our sins, this this prayer in Daniel, there's long sections that are kind of an expounding of that. Forgive us our sins here. He's praying for the nation of Israel. And so we just start by asking this question, just to us, you know, our, our own prayer life. Is this something on your radar? You know, do you pray not only forgive me my sins, but forgive us our sins? Do you expand the circle of your prayers out beyond, you know, right here, you know, our own little bubble, um, to your family, to the church, to the Judea and Samaria, to the ends of the earth, you know, out expanding circles of, of nearness to where you are. Although for us, it wouldn't be Judea, Samaria, to the end of this earth. It would be me, my family, Kirksville, Missouri, United States, the world, something like that. That same idea. And love should motivate us um, and does motivate Christians to pray. So Daniel is just one example, and I feel like he's a good example of several of these things we, we talked about. But specifically, he's praying for others. Let's look, too, at Paul. I'm going to jump around a bunch of verses here, so I'm just going to put them up on the screen here. I want you to see the connection here. There's so many verses. This is pretty amazing, really, I think, and helpful. That we looked at last week, praying without ceasing. We looked at that verse. What motivates us to pray without ceasing? Why do we cease to pray, or why are we weak in our prayers? And I want you to notice the connection here of love for others, and thankfulness for others, and praying without ceasing in Paul's letters. There's a lot here, and I think you'll, at least for me, it's pretty surprising and pretty amazing how many times this is connected. So let's see here. I changed the order of these so many times, I hope I don't get them wrong, but I'm going to do my best. Um, okay, the first one is First Thessalonians 1, 2, and 3. We give thanks to God always for all of you, constantly mentioning you in our prayers. Remembering before our God and our Father your work of faith and your labor of love 
and the steadfastness of hope in our Lord Jesus Christ. So the first one thing I want to point out here as we talk about prayer and our prayer life, motives to pray, two things that we could kind of separate and see Paul as well as uh, others as an example in terms of our prayers for others into two categories, thankfulness, prayers of thanksgiving, and then requests. And he, a lot of times he goes over both, um, sometimes just briefly, bullet point. But he's connecting it always to the time as well, constantly mentioning you in our prayers. He's constantly thanking God for them as he also prays for them. And so this leads us to another question just for us. Is there a balance in our prayers for others? Is there prayers of thanksgiving for people as well as praying for needs and requests? And Paul continually gives this example of both, praying for people's needs and thanking God for people. Let's read some more examples. I think you'll see this connection over and over and over. Uh, this is First Thessalonians 3, the next one. For what thanksgiving can we return to God for you? For all the joy that we feel for your sake before the Lord, we pray most earnestly, night and day, that we may see you face to face and supply what is lacking in your faith. So he's saying, for what thanksgiving can we return to God for you? He's thankful for them. He's talking about how thankful he is for them. They feel He feels joy when he prays day and night. He's specifically praying he wants to see them. But you see this connection there of thanksgiving for the people and praying constantly for them. Thanking God for them, but also praying in one way to meet their needs. He wants to be there with them and help them. Okay, Second Thessalonians. We ought always to th- give thanks to God for you, brothers, as is right, because your faith is growing abundantly, and the love of every one of you for one another is increasing. Therefore, we ourselves boast about you in the churches of our God for your steadfast faith in all your persecutions and in the afflictions that you are enduring. This is Second Thessalonians. Thessalonians 1, 3, and 4. This time he says it as an ought to. We ought always give thanks to God for you. Um, And he gives specific things that he's thankful for. So here again, an example of time always and thankfulness and requests. There's several more of these. It's pretty, it's kind of like Paul's saying the same thing over and over. He doesn't say ceaselessly every time, but he's saying always or day and night or some of these other ways of saying these are the same thing. This is Ephesians 1, 15 and 16. For this reason, because I have heard of your faith in the Lord Jesus and your love toward all the saints, I do not cease to give thanks for you, remembering you in my prayers. So, again, ceaseless thanksgiving for others. There's love there that motivates him to pray and to keep on praying. Colossians 1, 3 and 4. We always thank God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, when we pray for you, since we heard of your faith in Christ Jesus and of the love that you have for all the saints. Again, thanking God for people, over and over, always, when we pray for you. Philippians 1, I thank my God in all my remembrance of you always in every prayer of mine for you all, making my prayer with joy because of your partnership in the gospel from the first day until now. It's amazing how many of these there are and how how connected they are. That for Paul, it's very obvious here as we go through these that praying without ceasing, a big part of it is connected to praying for others and not only just praying for their needs, but thanking God for them. 
Philemon 1, 4 and 5. I thank my God always when I remember you in my prayers because I hear of your love and the faith that you have toward the Lord Jesus and for all the saints. Again, the same connection here. And so, very, very basically, we can just say an example to us uh, of prayer, of love for people. Not only should humility lead us to pray when we see we need the Lord, love should lead us to pray. Love for other people. We can both pray for them because there's needs. Everyone has needs in their life, but also thank God for them. And we want both. We, we really would like to have both. Before we continue on with the, a couple more slides, I just want you to think, not only do we have examples, so we've looked at two different examples, by three examples, Jesus, Daniel, and Paul, and how they prayed for others. Um, how their love for others motivated them to pray. There's also commands to pray. We talked about the Lord's Prayer. It's not obvious, but thinking about it, there is a command there to pray for others. Pray like this. And then he, all the us statements. Give us this day our daily bread. Forgive us our debts. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. There's a, It's implicit there, a command to pray for others. A couple more verses here on praying for others' commands. Not only examples that we have, but commands. Second, First Timothy 2.1 First of all, then, I urge that supplications, prayers, intercessions, and thanksgiving be made for all people, for kings, and all who are in high positions, that we may lead a peaceable and quiet life, godly and dignified in every way. This is good, and it is pleasing in the sight of God our Savior, who desires that all, all people be saved and come to a knowledge of the truth. There's a command there to pray. He wants men everywhere to lift their hands in prayer, and pray for all people, for kings here. So he talks specifically about rulers. And then as you pray for rulers, you're really praying for the people downstream because he says we want to live peaceful and quiet lives, godly and dignified in every way. So that's an exa- That's a command to pray for people you don't know, right? Surely not everyone he's talking to has met the king and the rulers, but he's asking them to pray and pray for People downstream. A couple more examples here. Uh, Hebrews 13.1. This doesn't say the word prayer, but I'm going to connect it, and I think you'll see why. Let brotherly love continue. Do not neglect to show hospitality to strangers. For some thereby have entertained angels unawares. And I'll listen to this. Remember those who are in prison as though in prison with them, and those who are mistreated, since you are also in the body. You know, it doesn't say prayer there, but it says remember them. Remember those in prison as though you're in prison with them. And I I would just say, I think part of that's prayer. There's people all over the world that are persecuted. And he's saying, remember. Remember them. And try and enter in. Love them as if you were there with them. How do we do that? There's lots of ways. We don't want to forget. We don't want to just pray if there's an opportunity to do something. But we also don't want to neglect to pray either. Uh, And one of the things we can do is to pray. Another example, one more command here, just, I guess, more more of the same, but another command for us to pray for others. Here's Jesus. It's a little bit different. Matthew 5. But I say to you, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you, 
so that you may be the sons of your Father who is in heaven. For he makes the sun rise on the evil and the good and sends rain to the just and the unjust. For if you love those who love you, what reward do you have? Do not even the tax collectors do the same. So you see there are a couple things. One, we're supposed to pray for our enemies. Pray for those who, not only who are our brothers and sisters in Christ, but pray for the people persecuting our brothers and sisters. Pray for people we disagree with. Pray for people who, he says, are our enemies. And then he says, for if you love those who love you, what reward do you have? He's connecting that idea of praying for others as loving them. And you see that we want to love everyone, uh, not just other Christians. We want to love even people persecuting Christians and pray for them. So to summarize, that's all the uh, content for the, today, basically. Um, I'm not going to say anything new. I'm just going to give like practical examples from here on out. So we're just going to rehash that but talk about how does that work its way out in our lives. So, so to summarize, we want to pray for others. We want our love for others to motivate us to pray. That's for those around us and close by. That's us, ourselves, and our family, our church, people in our community, but all the way out to the ends of the world, people we've never met, like kings and rulers. Uh, not only the people that we love and agree with, but the people that persecute Christians, people that we would even consider our enemies. We pray for them as well. Pray for all people. Um, and so that's pleasing to God. Not only do we want to pray requests, but we want to see the example of Paul, how he not only prayed for people what's going on in their life as what they need, but also thank God for people regularly. And so how do we do this? Well, the second half, I'm going to give you some examples and some how could we apply this to our life practically. These aren't commands, right? There's different ways that you could apply this. And so I will say this. This is, um, this is a note card. There's this book called The Praying Life by Paul Miller. I mentioned it before. It's a good book. But basically, he decided, I really want to take these things seriously. I want to take prayer seriously. And so he does note cards. This is an example of his note card that he has on his website to to download. But he puts a person's name. He puts a scripture he's going to pray for them. And he has some several lines here. And um, he puts the date when he they need their prayer. So that way later on he can come back and answer it. And so this is an example. How could we do this? If we're going to pray without ceasing, you may not use anything. You might just get down on your knees and you might pray and ask God to bring people to your mind. And there's no, you don't have anything formal. But you might. You might want to say, I want to be more intentional about this or maybe know our weakness and say, I, I forget. <laughs> people ask me to pray for things and then I forget. So I have a list or I have a note card. And so this is one example. This is not a command. You don't have to have note cards. But I know people that do have note cards, like Paul Miller um, is, is an example, but that's helpful to them to try and take these things seriously. I'll give you a couple more examples. Okay. There's this book called Operation World. I don't know if you've ever seen this. It splits up all the countries in the world and how we can pray for them. And whether there's persecution, whether there's people that are lost. I pulled up Nigeria here just because we've talked a lot about Nigeria and we had, you know, Andale come. And it just gives you an example. It, it'll say, pray for Nigeria. And it splits it up for 365 days. For these three days, pray for Nigeria. 
here's kind of what's going on here. Here's where it is if you don't know where it is. Here's the population. This is kind of old, so this is totally out of date, but um, uh, at least the population part is. The prayer requests, I don't think, are. Uh, what religions are there? What's the most common? What's the situation? And then, um, let's see, did I get this out of order? Okay, there's answers to prayer, things they can we can thank God for. <laughs> it's kind of interesting how it's very similar to Paul here. And it talks about different things going on in Nigeria. There's been some prayer movements at this time. This was almost 20 years ago now. I have an old copy. Um, and the church has been growing, okay? And we can praise God for that, um, the number of Christians. But then there's also challenges for prayer. And this I've been really encouraged by the things that they put out because it doesn't seem naive here. So, for example, it talks about, uh, yeah, the church has grown a lot, but... Um, Church growth has its dangers, and there's been some shallow teaching. There's been some prosperity gospel, and it's been it's kind of encouraging to me, actually. This is a good example of bringing up Nigeria here because we had Andale come and speak, and he talked about many of the things it's saying we should really be praying for. Corruption in the government, the tension between Muslims and Christians. and So I was really encouraged just to see um, how knowing somebody from Nigeria who loves Nigeria and wants to pray for Nigeria and how similar the things that it's saying we should be praying for are, even though this is, this, is, this is an older copy. So this is just one way. This is not something you have to do. You're not commanded to go out and buy this or use this every day or anything like that. Um, but it's just an op- option. If you want to say, hey, God wants me to pray for the persecuted Christians. He said, remember them. Um, well, how can I do that? You could just pray each day. God, I don't know where people are. I don't know um, very many Christians that are persecuted right here, but I know there are all over the world. Would you have mercy on them? Would you be near them? Would you help them? You could pray like that. If you wanted to get more specific, you could get you can use something like this. Like I said, this is called Operation World. Um, an old copy is quite cheap used on online. Or um, I'll give you another example. Okay, if you're like me, because when I see I had this book and I didn't use it very much, <laughs> it's easy to not use it. It's easy to get behind or just use it sometimes and and lose track or not be um not be as consistent uh so i use this app called PrayerMate. PrayerMate again not a command you don't have to use this i'm just trying to give you some examples some tools if you want to uh use any of these you can and if you don't the lord uh can help you do it in a different way uh just some tools here but PrayerMate, you can go on and uh this particular one, I think it's called World Mission, and it talks about us, a persecuted Christian. Uh, if you read this, it's not going to make sense because each week, usually it picks one. Um, this particular week was Burkina Faso, and it was like this story of this lady, and each day you prayed a little bit, and so it's kind of referencing the last day's um, thing where she, there's some persecution there. Uh, there's also Operation World on there, and it will just pull it up for you, and it has it every single day. And if you miss a day... Um, it doesn't reprimand you or anything. It just picks up where you left off, and you can pray the next day. And it has a country. Uh, this particular day was France. And, again, challenges to prayer, answers to prayer, what's going on there, um, and things like that. Just another tool. Uh, for me, a lot easier because right there on my phone, I don't have to look up trying to figure out which day it is. It remembers for me. And there's many days where... I don't get to it. There's whether the maybe this is uh, 
I, for me personally, there's days where there's specific burdens. I pray for those and I run out of time and that's okay. At least I feel okay about it. <laughs> um, and I come back to it the next day. So just some examples. One more, again, you don't have to use this, but um, NPL Prayer, this is another app um, on the phone. This particular one is for India. And each day they ask, could you pray one minute for a village? And usually, um, like for example here, it talks about this particular state in India, middle state, Madhya Pradesh, and how, um, let's see here, 0.3% Christian, 0.3%. It'll bring up uh, one village. It might say there's 162 people in this village or 10 people or 2,000 people. And then a little verse to pray, something like this particular day uh, was Matthew 7. When Jesus finished these sayings, the crowds were astonished at his teaching um, because he taught them as one who had authority. And it says just pray that there would be people who would hear about the teaching of Jesus and be astonished and be saved. Um, things like that. Again, you don't have to do this. Uh, this is just another tool. And so one thing I like about this one, uh, although this particular section doesn't have it, see there's a little picture here. A lot of times there will be a picture of somebody's face, like a uh, in the background, like an Indian lady or an Indian man or an older person, younger person, and it just gives... At least for me, it gives me some love to see that face. Here's this. This isn't. This person probably doesn't live in this village, obviously, but it's a person from from this country, this unreached country. There they are, and it, and just pray for them. Um, and so that helps me. So let's see. We can turn the projector off. Those are all the slides. For me. Um, me personally, I use the app. I use the PrayerMade app. And I try to just work through. Uh, I have a list, different lists. I have a list for my family. And then I have a list for the church, of all the different families in the church. And uh, then other lists, you know. But uh, just pray for people. And then one nice thing about the app is basically it's little digital note cards. And I have a note card for things I'm thankful for and things I'm praying for. And so I can try and intentionally do both, you know, just like Paul. And actually, um, it's just kind of an encouragement to me, just the scriptures, you know. The reason we even, for me, I only noticed this, Paul's connection of thanksgiving and praying without ceasing back when we went through Philippians a couple years ago and we just talked about, and I just said, like, for me personally, I don't really thank God for people. And a lot of time I'll pray their prayer requests but I don't really thank God like I want to for people. And, and that's helped me personally um, to have the note cards and have both there. A couple different encouragements to us. Again, just repeating myself, but you don't have to use any of these. You could um, just ask the Lord to help you. Ask him, how do you, you lead me? How do you want me to pray? Do you want me to have a list? Do you want me to do something different? How do you want me to do it? Because personality-wise, preference-wise, schedule-wise, uh, you might have something different. You might pray at night. I'm, I personally pray in the morning, you know, things like that. And so just ask the Lord to help us. What we can't compromise on is we want to follow the verses, right? We want to follow the commands. 
And God doesn't command us all to use Operation World or to use a prayer app, but he does command us all to pray and to love. Now, there's some encouragements. Um, I think praying for other people, we can have a particular confidence. I'll give you a couple reasons, and then I'll kind of wrap up here. James 4 says, You ask and do not receive because you ask wrongly to spend it on your own passions, your own desires. One kind of, that's a negative verse, but we can kind of use it as a wonderful promise when we pray for others. There's many times where we pray for ourselves and we just don't know. God, I'm not sure. This is what I want, but I give it to you. Like, I'm not totally sure if this is what I'm wanting because it's going to bring comfort to me or whatever, but I feel a little self-doubt. When we pray for others, there's a freedom and saying, God, I'm praying for you to save people in Nigeria. I'm praying for this thing to go on, and it's not going to benefit me anyway. It's not about my personal desires. This isn't going to aid my comfort. This is just because I care about these people, and I care about your glory. And I feel like there's a special confidence there that we can have when we pray for others. And that's an encouragement to us, that God hears your prayers, and that Let's let love pull us out of prayerlessness or, or uh, weak prayer. Um, maybe it's not prayerlessness. Maybe it's just not much prayer, a little prayer. And so what a confidence, what an opportunity that God has given us to follow Jesus, to be like Jesus who prayed for people. Um, again, you could read John 17 and really take that in and just see we have an f- opportunity to follow in the footsteps of Christ and love people. And one of the things we can do is we can pray for people. Pray for people around us. Pray for people in our families. Pray for people in the world. Pray for Christians. Pray for non-Christians. To wrap this, put this back in terms of the larger context of the whole series, four motives to prayer, or three, depending on how you look at it. Faith, love, humility, or You could add worship there if you want to split love into love for others and love for God. But the goal is really to reframe our thinking to where it's not amazing not to think, wow, I can't believe somebody prays without ceasing. I can't believe Paul says, I pray without ceasing. Or I can't believe that somebody would, um, you know, put eight out of ten on the, you know, prayer survey that they feel like they're really walking with the Lord in this area. To really shift our thinking into thinking the opposite, to think, wow, it's actually kind of amazing that we cease to pray. It's kind of amazing that we get to the place where there's, isn't there one person I love today that I could really pray for, sit down and pray for? Somewhere in the world, even if I don't know that person. Of course, right? When you frame it that way, when you come into prayer and think, God, is there just one person that you can fill me with love today and I can pray for them? Or one family or one area? Of course. Isn't there one thing today I need help with that I need to humble myself before God and either confess my sin or ask that God would help me not to sin in this area? Just realizing how much I need the Lord today. Just one of those will bring us into prayer. Or to say when we kneel down, God, isn't there one thing today I can worship you for because I love you? And to realize, wow, surely there's one thing. And to see the whole thing kind of flipped on its head. To not think, wow, Paul was so such a, an amazing Christian for praying without ceasing. But to see, wow, this is something available to all of us. 
This is something that we can walk in, that we have an opportunity to walk in. Why? Because we really do need God. Because we really do love people. Because we really do love God. Christians, true Christians really love God. And I want to worship Him. And as we kneel down and pray, just to remember, you do, if you're a Christian, you do want these things. You do have these things in your heart. And just a reminder to you that that's one of the reasons we're praying. And that's what drives us to prayer. And I hope it's an encouragement to you. And I hope this week, and as we've talked about it last week, that as you kneel down to pray, it becomes not kind of a checklist, right? You don't want one of these apps or you know lists or whatever to become another checklist. But to, as we kneel down to realize, wow, this is a wonderful opportunity. This is a privilege that I get to speak with God Almighty, like Andy was talking about, and that I have many reasons to pray. I don't. It's not something that where I'm lacking. There's more than I can, more than I've got time to pray for. Uh, but I'll pray what I can today, and then again tomorrow. And so I'm hoping that it's a help in that way. It's a motive to you, and maybe just some categories in your mind. You know, one of the the surveys said that people just sometimes kneel down to pray and they just don't know what to say. Um, and if we take that at face value, maybe this could help. It, faith, is there anything I can trust God with today? Love, is there any love for people that I have that I can pray today? Love for God, something I can praise Him for. And humility, um, I think I already said that one. I need help today. Um, and so... Hope it's helped to you. All right, well, we can move that back row in and we'll have a, uh, a meal here together, but why don't we pray together one more time before we close out. Father, we are thankful that we can pray to you. I pray that this could be a help, that we would thank you for people um, and also pray for them. Thank you for these resources that we do have at our fingertips. Uh, thank you for this um, these apps, prayer apps that are available to us. And thank you for the people who put in the time and effort to compile these, um, this Operation World book um, that we could know what's going on in the world and how to pray for um, different countries and Christians that are persecuted. We're thankful that they took the time to do that. Pray you bless them where they are. Uh, we do pray for Nigeria. Thank you for the people we know, um, Christians pressing on there. We're thankful for them. Um, but we also ask that you'd be near to them. You'd be helping them to press on. I pray that the gospel would be advancing, that Muslims would be saved, um, that even nominal Christians would be saved, that you'd prevent some of this prosperity gospel stuff that's going on over there, uh, that you'd um, stop that and put a shield about people's hearts, uh, that they wouldn't believe anything false or that would draw them away from you. Thank you, Jesus, uh, for making a way that we could even pray to you at all by dying on the cross, um, that you hear us, not because we deserve it, but because you're good and of your grace and love. We're thankful for that. I pray you'd help us. Would you help each one of us just to be faithful where we are with the time that you've given us, just to pray, um, even if it's just a few things a day, would you help us really each day to remember the blessing and um the joy it is to be able to come before you. Thank you for all that you've given us. Thank you for the grace that you've shown us, patience that you have with us. We ask all these things in your name, Jesus. Amen.